Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're glad to have you here today. And as always, if you would leave a rating and review, we would really appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast as they search for student ministry related podcasts. It also lets us know what you think of the podcast. We read those reviews and we adjust what we do based on what you say, because we do this for you, student ministry leaders. So we want to know what you think to let us know that we're on the on the right track or how to get on the right track. So appreciate that. Leave your rating and reviews. That'd be great. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, and we are today, as always, I am looking at the wonderful face of producer Nathan. Thanks. I yeah. guess it's, it's the beard, right? I don't know. <laughs> it, here's the thing, though. Like, you can always tell when it's not referee season with Nathan because the beard is out because all of his referee duties, they force him to shave. That's true. I have a couple so. weeks left and then I get to go out into the freezing cold and ref some lacrosse. Also, right now, the three of us, our guests today, which I'll introduce you to, we're super excited in just a second. The three of us in Middle Tennessee area, we're recording with a blizzard going on, uh, at least a Tennessee blizzard going on outside right, right now. Yeah. So we're, I think we've got five inches up here where I'm at That's so far and it's continuing to snow. So I want to go ahead and uh, introduce our guest today. Many of you know Jay Barbier already, but Jay serves as the youth specialist with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. His desire is to engage people with the gospel and know the, and know the love of Jesus Christ. Jay believes that the message of Jesus changes lives and provides Hope. He's worked at churches in Louisiana, Tennessee, and spoken throughout the Southeast. He leads youth summer camps and youth evangelism conference for Tennessee Baptists. He holds a degree from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And if you've ever met Jay, then you know that New Orleans is the only place that he would go to seminary because of his because of his roots. Not because of theological persuasions or anything, but because he is a Cajun man. All right. He enjoys traveling with his wife, Natalie. Two children, Caleb and Mary Claire, advocating for special needs, eating Cajun cuisine, and bring enjoyed his family. A couple of things. Jay, first of all, man, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. We're delighted to have you. Oh, bro, it's an honor. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, the reason I chose New Orleans was because of the food, man. Ain't no lie. I'm from there. <laughs> and why would I want to leave where God left all the cookbooks, man? <laughs> that is so true. It is, uh, it, it is a great place to eat not maybe not the seminary act like on campus but oh, places nearby <laughs> yeah yeah what is your favorite cajun cuisine do you have one that oh, that rises to the top man. shrimp creole okay and man let's see so if i eat shrimp creole now or if my wife cooks it man i load up with shrimp because as a kid growing up my grandma she would like watch us as we would uh you know dip the ladle in the big pot and she would say, oh, you know, you got too many there. And it would always like I was always trying to, you know, sneak uh, <laughs> some shrimp in there. But uh, I'll never forget when I was dating my wife. Now I had her come over. She just got this big old like a huge portion of shrimp creole with shrimp all in it. I was like, Natalie, you got to put some of that back, man. My grandma's going to get on to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. She was monitoring uh, your shrimp intake. I love it. Oh yeah. And, man. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I don't think I've told you this this year. I took part, uh, in my first ever crawfish boil. Did I tell you that this oh, year? Wow. No. And you should have invited me. <laughs> I have, uh, I've never, I've never had it before. And, um, we have some friends that live a few houses down and he's from Louisiana and he oh, wow. got 
crawfish from Louisiana and like did the whole, he did the whole thing. And, uh, it was my first experience and I hope I have another one. It was, it was you enjoyed very, it. very good. I did. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. Dude, it'll clean your sinuses out and it makes you, I don't know. It feels good to me. I like, I love it, man. I could probably eat 50 pounds of crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> they go fast. Like you just, once you it's get in of kind of the rhythm of it, but Anyway, we, uh, some of you, uh, are familiar with Jay. I'm going to give Jay a chance to tell his story. Uh, but I want to tell you a little bit. I want to set up the, the podcast episode for you guys that are listening today. Um, so this episode is going to be about how to pastor and help families when they're walking through health crisis. So youth pastors, there are going to be times in your ministry when a family in your church, somebody gets cancer, somebody has something happen to them. And now all of a sudden you are on the spot to walk through a, through something that's tragic with a family in crisis. Their kids are in the student ministry. You've got to walk with them, pastor them, help them answer really difficult questions about God and who he is in the moment of crisis. And there are many who, frankly, like we were talking about this before we pressed record, because of a lack of life experience, there are many who are leading in youth ministry who just don't know how to pastor in a crisis moment. And listen, that doesn't make you less of a pastor. That doesn't make you, that doesn't make you less called or any of it. It just means those life experiences aren't there yet. You haven't walked through that yourself. And until you walk through that with a family or in your own family or yourself, then you haven't really learned those skills. Well, what we hope to do with this podcast is learn from Jay as he is walking through one of those moments right now in his own life with his own family. So we either, in order to learn something, we either have to do it ourselves or listen closely to those people who are doing it or have done it. So Jay is on a, a journey with cancer. Um, and, and I think maybe more appropriately said a journey with the Lord through this cancer. And if you have been following Jay's journey in this from the very beginning, man, his, his bio that we read says that he, his desire to help people engage with the gospel and know the love of Christ, that the message of Jesus provides hope. And if you've spent any time with Jay, you know, this about him, he wants to point people to Jesus, man, you do that. You do that for me when we have spend time together and, and you do that for everybody that you come in contact with. And I think that's something that everybody that knows you would say, man, this guy cares about pointing people to Jesus. And then cancer happens and you get that yeah. diagnosis and you've continued to do that. So I, for those of the, for those of the, in the listening audience that don't know you and, and kind of aren't familiar with what's been going on in your life for the last several months, why don't you just give us the, the quick setup of where you are in your life right now and kind of the, how the cancer journey has taken you? Yeah. Uh, back in May, I started just feeling bad. Uh, honestly thought I was having like uh, gastrointestinal issues or dietary issues. I thought, hey, let me try to lose some weight, uh, exercise and cut out some foods. It didn't work. And um, 
in September, I actually went to a gastroenterologist and I found out um, that I have stage three cancer. And uh, it was one of those moments of when, when the doctor tells you you have cancer, it, it, it rocks your world. Uh, my, like my faith is secure in Jesus. My hope is secure in Jesus. I can't wait till I get to face uh, Jesus and bow down to him and worship him. Uh, but it's amazing how the Lord prepares us for situations. Uh, 18 years ago, my little, I have a little girl. I say little girl, 18 years old daughter that was born with Down syndrome. And that was one of the most pivotal moments of our life of how, how do you deal with uh, uncertain uh, issues? How do you deal with health issues? And God, I thought I had enough on my resume. I thought the Lord gave me enough in my life to, uh, you know, we get to go and talk to other people about Jesus. And then our world was rocked with cancer. Well, uh, when we were diagnosed, well, I said when I was diagnosed, uh, this is a family thing. Uh, my wife, my kids, my son and my daughter, we, we are all having to go through this uh, together. Uh, but the Sunday before I was diagnosed, I preached uh, Philippians 1. Uh, oh, I, think, well, I think it's 121, to live as Christ, to die as uh, gain. Uh, and it, it was one of those things that I've, I've said my whole life. Uh, but it really, it hit me in that moment when the doctor was looking at me and told me I have cancer. I was like, do I really believe this? Is this something to where, do, do I really believe if, if I live, it's going to be for Christ where everything I'm going to do is for Christ. But if I die, I get to be with Jesus. And it was something that I thought I understood until that moment of my life where death was real. Uh, and that's been the scariest thing going through this uh, is, man, when, when you hear something that, that could be terminal, I mean, cancer is a vicious, cruel disease. It's something that it rocks your world and you realize that, man, every morning I wake up, it's a gift of God. Uh, I hate to say it this way, but I don't know if I would go back and change anything. Um, mm -hmm. Me experiencing this, uh, I feel like I've, I've actually experienced life now. Um, and so uh, one of the things that my wife has challenged me to do throughout this process was, man, how can I be real? Man, we see a lot of people that, man, they look all pretty and shiny on the outside, but we don't know what's going on in the inside. I've yeah. watched uh, ministers. I've watched church members. I've watched friends that aren't even involved in church. They go through so many crucial things in this life, but yet they don't tell anything or anybody about it. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that as I go through this journey, uh, whether I live or whether I die, man, I want to promote the name and fame of Jesus. I want to make much of Jesus. I want to show people that, Hey, life is hard sometimes, but if it wasn't for my faith and hope in Christ, man, I, I don't know how anybody could go through something like this, man. And dude, I can tell you just from somebody that is watching from the outside that that commitment, like you're doing that, you're, you're following through with make, making much of Jesus in the middle of this hard moment. And you're not sugarcoating it. You know, like I see your Facebook updates and here's how you can pray for me today. And before we press record today, uh, you said like, Hey, I'm having a good day, but man, it's coming off of like some really rough, some really rough days. So how are you now? You mentioned that you're almost halfway through the chemotherapy part of this. Yeah, um, yeah. So how are you now? And, uh, and how can people, how can people be praying for you that maybe this is the first time they're hearing about this? 
Yeah, uh, chemotherapy is, uh, I, I know that it's a gift uh, th that is used to treat people, but I think it is the most awful thing I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, it is, it hurts your whole body. Um, I feel miserable as I go through treatments. It's hard to smile sometimes. I mean, it's hard to even stay awake sometimes. Um, uh, I praise God that I have a job with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board that I get to work from home and they have been so, uh, so merciful and, uh, gifting and throughout this of like, Hey, you do what you can. Uh, but I will say, man, my work in ministry, it, it helps get my mind off of the, the, the now moment. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I finished uh, in November. I went through radiation, uh, which I thought that would that would have been the rough uh, thing. I was hoping to, to look like the Hulk or get some kind of uh, <laughs> Marvel uh, superhero stuff, but nothing yeah. happened. Uh, they just shot me with some lasers. And uh, but the problem is about three months, um, I'm still uh, going through some of the effects of, of what you go through with radiation. So currently I just finished round three of chemo and about to hit round four, which I have a total of eight rounds to go. Uh, and after that, uh, I'll have probably two major surgeries to remove cancer. They, they, you know, the way the doctors deal with it is so different now than it used to be. It used to be, you go in for a surgery, then you do some chemo and radiation. And now it's, they wanted to hit me hard and fast with radiation, chemo, and then surgery. And so I'm trusting mm. that the doctors are doing what's uh, right. And I, it, you know, it was through a lot of prayer that um, I, I felt comfortable with, uh, with the route that I'm going with the doctors that I'm going. Uh, it's given me an opportunity, every doctor and nurse that I see, I had to, I asked them the question, if, you know, tell me if you, do you really know Jesus? Like, it's not just, Hey, you know, do you know about him? And we yeah. start having conversations about the gospel. Uh, I try to wear shirts that uh, maybe like they can look at and point at. Um, kind of got a little upset because right before I got diagnosed with cancer, uh, my wife for fun bought me a Bobby Boucher waterboy jersey. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to rock this jersey every treatment of chemo that I go to. But the problem is I have a port uh, on the top part of my chest and shoulder that you can't get to it with a football jersey. And I ain't going to cut that thing because that's, that's going to no. be my victory jersey. Um, yeah. Because I thought, hey, people are going to say, what is this crazy dude doing with this waterboard jersey? But anyway. Um, I love it. It's the been, mud it's dogs. Been a, it's, yes, it's, it's got all that on it, man. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, it's been a hard journey. Uh, yeah. But the, the beauty of this is I have, I've gotten to meet a lot of people I would have never met in my life. It's given me a platform to talk about Christ in a way that I've never been able to, man, even in fact, my, my own family, man, they started uh, rallying behind me to pray for me. And, uh, and it's given me access to just have great conversations uh, with, with, with family. Um, and it's definitely not easy, uh, yeah. but I believe the Lord allows us to go through things um, not to motivate ourselves, not to promote ourselves, but we go through things so that we can lead others to Jesus. So if we're not, you know, praising him, we better be leading others to him. And so it's yeah. definitely trying to, to make the most of the moment. It's good, man. So I wanted to ask you because I, you know, in setting, I mentioned the topic of the podcast and kind of setting it up, you posted on Facebook some ways that um, this was a while back. I think it was even before chemotherapy may have been uh, yeah. sometime in the summer uh, about your kids and how people can minister to your kids during this time. And that got me thinking yeah. about this particular 
topic in helping youth pastors know how to walk through crisis with a family. Um, I won't reset it up because I mentioned it in the, in the opener, but I would love to hear from you. Um, now that you've been in it, even after you made that post, like, how would you advise a youth pastor that maybe had like, let's say your kids in the youth ministry and you know, the youth pastor, how would you having walked through this advise them to pastor you guys through this moment? Yeah. Oh, People are very genuine uh, and they will like I've had I probably have had thousands of people that have reached out and they've they've said, Jay, tell me what I can do for you. But what people don't realize in those moments of man, when you're hurting and when you're in pain and when you have so many people reaching out now, now that could be different um, for other people. There might be people going through something like this and not one person reaches out. Um, but when whenever you hear of somebody going through a, a major issue. Uh, the best advice that I could give is, man, don't ask what you can do. Why don't you pray about, man, what is it What is it that God is putting on your heart to do for somebody? Mm. Man, we have been blessed that I, I've had people, I, I mentioned, I think one time, like, I like I liked Bucky's and I have had so many bags of Bucky's that have been brought to me. And this is what I would tell people, please don't send any more because like, I think I will go into a diabetic coma if I eat any more Bucky's. But it has been unbelievably loving to see that people care, just sending a box of snacks and things like that. But what, what, what we've watched with my family is, man, they hurt because they, they're not going through what I'm going through. They're watching me go through this. They're watching me suffer. They're watching me, man, moan and groan. I turn in, you know, I turn into the Hulk going through this stuff to where, man, I'm mad. I'm angry. Um, it, it's, it's especially going through the chemo treatments that it, it's just so hard. And like my little girl, man, she'll come and just hug me. And she'll, she, I think my wife told me one day at, at school, uh, the teacher said she just broke down crying. So I think the best way for people to minister to others. So if I had to talk to, to the youth pastor, I would say, number one, just stay in contact with the family. Let them know that you're praying. Um, find out one of the biggest blessings that we've had was people have started meal trains. People have brought us gift cards to to, to, for meals because cancer, specifically cancer, this is an expensive battle. Every time you go to a doctor, man, you're, you're raking up serious. Even if you have good medical insurance, you're, you're racking up so much uh, expenses that every time, you know, when people give us a gift card to a restaurant, it's like, Hey, that's awesome. Because I just spent that same amount of money just to go visit the specialist. And man, for our first two months, I, I think I was probably going to one or two doctors a day. It was just nonstop and PET scans, CAT scans, MRIs. I mean, it's like they poke and prod your body and doing everything because the doctors, they, they want to do whatever they can to save your life. Um, so any minister, wh- whatever position you're in or any leader, and just to that constant checkup, uh, go bring a, a card. If, 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 it's, if the Lord has laid on your heart to go and give a, a monetary gift, man, just go and do that instead of asking. And I've had friends that'll call me and say, hey, I'm sorry I, I said that. And I'm like, look, don't don't feel bad. I would rather you say, hey, what can I do for you than to not say anything? Yeah. Because I think most people are so scared because they've never experienced this that they just don't say anything. And we had the same experience when our daughter was born. Uh, people mm. just did not know what to say. We had, we had a, a daughter that was born with special needs. Most of our friends and family didn't even know what to say. And 
the the ones that that we still remember today, 18 years later, 18 years later is when people came, they put their arm on my shoulder and said, Jay, I love you, man. I'm praying for you. I had my pastor. This is something that was cool. My pastor came and picked me up one night about a week after we got home from the hospital, from the, the birth of my daughter. And he brought me out to a restaurant and he said, Jay, I, I don't want to talk about anything you're going through right now. I want you to get your mind off of everything. I've been praying for you. And he said, I, we're gonna, I'm going to bring you to a movie. It was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I think it was like <laughs> Commander with uh, Russell Crowe. It was about like on a boat for, it seemed like it was three hours, but it yeah, got my I mind know. off of everything. <laughs> I know the movie. <laughs> yes. And it was just, it was a moment of this pastor loving on me and helping me to just get my mind off of things. And, and, and we've, I've watched that and I've asked that and begged for people, Hey, you know, if you're friends with my wife, man, come pick her up and bring her out to coffee or bring her to a restaurant, uh, send her a, a, a gift box or something. Uh, my kids, the same thing. And we've had so many friends in ministry that have just done some things. Now, granted, I've been the biggest recipient of people like sending things, but those moments when people care for my family, oh man, that it helps me to even get through the moment. Oh, yeah. but don't ask what you can do, do what you feel God is asking you to do. I think that's the major thing, man. That's really good advice because sometimes people, you know, they're praying for somebody and, you know, I think we all get to the point where, like we know Jay is going through cancer or somebody in our church and we're praying for them. And we get to the point where we're like, man, I've, I've said the words I know to say, and I'm yeah. continuing to say those. And through your advice, you've given people another prayer to pray. God, how would you want me to act towards Jay and his family? God, you know, pray for healing, pray like all of those things that we, that we would pray, but also God, how would you like to use me in this specific moment to act in this situation? And I think that's for, for those who maybe struggle sometimes with what to pray, God, what would you have me do here? I think is a yeah. good man. That's a good prayer that you've given, that you've given us to pray in these kind of situations. And it will work with a common cold. It works with COVID. I mean, it works with That's anything, right. not just cancer. And it's, it's the same thing. If like you hear of a death of somebody in a family, uh, don't be the one to say, Hey, uh, Hey, let me know what I can do for you. And, and I think people really, they, they say that with, with, with honesty and sincerity. Uh, absolutely. It's the, it's the, it's the, Hey, just go ahead and care for somebody. And listen, it, it could be as simple as a, a $5 bag of, uh, you know, some candy or something like that. Uh, and it's just, just do something, man. And I think that, that it leaves a mark. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, what a, sometimes th this happens again with a family or maybe it's the student themselves who is walking through that crisis moment, right? What encouragement would you have uh, for students or parents specifically to, that are walking through that? So I asked you kind of what advice would you give to the youth pastor? Now, now the question is a little bit different in that let's say you are the youth pastor, right? How would you encourage like your own son, your own daughter? Uh, and you have no doubt done this, like you've had conversations with hard conversations with them, I'm sure. 
what have those looked like? And man, what can we, what can we learn from the conversations that you've had with your own kids about how to pastor well in this moment? The biggest thing is, are we willing to live out what scripture says? And so do I really believe what the Bible teaches? And am I, am I going to take that? And so one of the first things I did was uh, I reached out uh, to people on social media. I said, hey, send me your favorite song uh, that gets you through tough times, Christian songs. Uh, tell me your favorite verses of scripture that help you uh, walk through the, the, the deepest, darkest moments. And I've used that to help, you know, with my family. Um, you know, they, before I started going through treatments um, and I would sit in the morning, have breakfast with my daughter before she would get on the bus to go to school. And we would just have the uh, have the radio blaring with uh, praise music that people would send us. And I, some friends would send us, hey, uh, my son and I were just listening to this uh, song in the car. And this is it, it helps motivate us to love Jesus. And I've been able to use that with my own family. Um, but one of the things that I, I think that's helped me was I had a, a lady in my Sunday school class um, or small group, whatever people want to call it these days, but it, my Bible uh, study class that's right. uh, at our church. Uh, she's been battling cancer for over 10 years. And she came to me and she says, Jay, I want you to hear this. She says, Jesus is who numbers your days and not cancer. And we've got to remember that whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, whether it's just a car accident, man, Jesus is who numbers our days. And if we really believe that and understand and believe and trust in the sovereignty of God and, and trust in his plan, man, honestly, it's for me, it, it helps me to take this deep breath and sigh of relief and just say, okay, God, man, you've got this. Uh, whether I live, I'm going to praise you. If I die, I get to be with you. And now that's not something I want to do. I am not ready to, to, I say, I'm not ready. I don't want to meet him today or tomorrow. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are lost and I want to, mm -hmm. uh, what can I do to help in that, to be able to share the gospel? Um, but in this moment, man, um, I want people to see that it's, uh, it's all about Jesus. Um, but man, it's for my wife and my kids. Um, this has been a very, a painful experience for them. Um, there's hurt. There's, uh, there's always the worry. Uh, I'm, I'm the provider. Um, and it's like, there's always this questions of, okay, what if, what, what if something happens? And this is what I would tell everybody, man, make sure you have plenty of life insurance to take care of your family. You don't, you don't think about those things until after the fact. That's right. Uh, last That's year true. I turned down a cancer policy because the guy said, well, you don't drink or smoke. There's no need in you uh, having that policy. I was like, yeah, I wish, I wish I would have taken that. I think for five bucks, I would have ended up getting like $500 a day or something. It was one of those crazy things that, but Hey, it's not, it's not the way it played out. And uh, yeah. I regret that today. Um, but man, what do you, what can you do to prepare uh, well for your family? Um, this has been a process. Uh, my son has, has written a lot. Uh, he he's, he's expressed his, his faith through writing. I, I've tried to do the same thing. I've tried to do videos uh, on social media, just that I don't, I, I could care less. I don't want to be an influencer. I want to point people to Jesus. Uh, yeah. But I've had so many people that I went to high school with that I have, I have lost contact with. I didn't get saved until after high school when I was 18, but I've had people that I've never had that conversation with. They've sent me uh, messages and say, Hey Jay, like, okay, this is not who you were when we mm -hmm. were friends, man. Can you explain that? 
And it has given me a platform to tell people about Jesus. Uh, and it has been incredible. Um, man. And so, man, I just, in anything. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, you've mentioned a couple times, like, are we willing to really believe what scripture says like this, like something like this really puts to live as Christ to die as gain. Like it really puts it on the table and says, really? And uh, so the, the, the next question I have for you is just, you know, you've been transparent, so I don't, I don't hesitate to ask a more personal question, but it, it is the big one that I think we all kind of look at in moments like this and say, man, what, how has scripture come alive for you? Like how has, you know, you've been, you have consistently pointed people to Jesus, but there's no doubt in my mind, seeing, seeing you and having talked with you that your own personal relationship with him has changed because, because of this. So how I talk about that for a little bit. So I thought I used to spend time in the word. Like I spend time in the word now, like I dive deep and I'm, I'm, I'm wanting God to speak to me. I thought my prayer life was good before. Now it's a man, it's a yearning and a cry out and it's a begging. And, and, and listen, there, there are some days that it's hard to, to do that. Uh, yeah. But this whole process has been, I have been able to just saturate myself with the word of God. I mean, I had a good friend send me um, a book, um, Eric Reed, he had uh, just recently lost his son, sent yeah. me his book about uncommon trust. And it was amazing. The whole book was saturated in scripture. And so it doesn't matter what we're doing. And people have sent me all these books on cancer. And the thing that has gotten me through the moment is it's the word of God. And I've been walking through the Old Testament. And it's been funny because it's like some things that I'm going through, it's just lining up. And I'm like, oh, Lord, why, why, why am I doing this? And so this is kind of, a, I think it's a funny experience. Six months before the, the birth of my daughter, uh, I started studying the book of Job. I had no idea why the Lord had kind of impressed that on my heart. And then all of a sudden my daughter was born. She quit breathing. She was in a neonatal intensive care unit for nine days. But it all, like, I thought I was going to lose her. And I, the book of Job reminded me and showed me that God is in control. And am I willing to praise him if I lose everything? Or am I, am I going to put my hands in the air and curse God? And what's crazy is six months before I was diagnosed with cancer in my Sunday school, we started walking through the book of Job. I went to my pastor immediately and I said, don't you ever start going through the book of Job because I'm leaving this church. If, if, if anybody comes to me and says this again, that we're going to start walking through the book of Job. Can't have three times. Oh, no way, man. man. I'm, I'm, I'm too, too and out, man. That's it. Oh, but it's, it's been amazing how the word of God has just walked me through a lot of these things. So I'll never forget um, bef- before my first oncologist appointment, I, I was sitting down in my Sunday school class and we were reading the, the last couple verses of the book of Philippians. And Paul was talking about his anxiety. He was talking about what, what he was going through. And he says that I, and I hope that you have less and I hope I have less anxiety. And what it would hit me with that was I was a person that never dealt with um, anything like no panic attacks, no anxiety. I've always been like, man, just trust in the Lord. That's easy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and people that have had anxiety, they, they will say, man, you just don't understand. Well, I didn't understand just like 
I didn't understand what chemo was until my body went through it. But I'll never forget sitting in my oncologist's office and I had my first panic attack. Uh, my blood sugar uh, dropped, my blood pressure uh, spiked. I mean, all these issues were going on. And my doctor came in and he was like, um, tell me, have you been sleeping well? I was like, no. He said, Jay, I, I'll be honest with you. If, if your body wasn't going to react like this, I'd be scared because that means you're not worried. That means that you're not taking this seriously. And he was able to kind of talk me through this. My wife was able to say, hey, focus on this on the wall. Breathe in, breathe out. And, and it was one of those things that I, I and I was reminded that, and she, she even helped me to see, Jay, remember, we just saw this in scripture that Paul had anxiety. Don't feel like you're less than. Don't feel that like you've even caused this. And that's, that's something I've, I've had to try to think about even through cancer. There are a lot of people that think that just because you're, you have something in your life, like I don't believe I did anything to cause my cancer. Um, I believe that it's just, it's, this is a, a consequence of sin back from the Garden of Eden. Now, I've had people text me and say, it's probably because I grew up on Cajun food and eating so much hot sauce. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that is, I don't know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I, I look, man, Tabasco goes with everything. Right. But scripture is what has guided every single moment through this. And there has not a, there's not been a day that has gone by that I haven't spent some significant time in the word of God and letting that guide me through uh, praying together. Uh, talking about it as family, talking with friends. And uh, man, I, it's, I, I believe like God called me into ministry, but all of that has prepared me for what I'm going through today. I, I, I can't, I can't imagine how somebody could go through something without Jesus. I can't imagine somebody going through some, something without the bride of Christ, man. My, my pastor is, was phenomenal. He got all of his staff members, called me into his office, anointed me with oil, just praying over me. And I, I just, I wept and talked with him for an hour and the staff. I had another church I was uh, preaching at. They came and they had their elders anoint me with oil. Then they all called me to the front of the church. And they said, we want to pray over you. Uh, and all of a sudden I started feeling oil dripping all over me. They had a dude standing on the stage pouring oil on my head. And so I've had so many other pastors call me, Hey, can we anoint you with oil? I said, brother, I have been doused in oil. I don't need any more, man. People, people have done this. I believe in the symbolic of, of what it represents. I think I've had enough, um, but it's amazing. Of Okay. Why do we, why do we do that? We do that because scripture says, if any of us are sick, yeah. man, let's go to the elders and ask them to, to anoint us with oil and pray over us. And, and, and I believe um, in the power of scripture. And now one of the things that I have, have done is I've begged people to pray for me, to pray for healing this side of heaven, because I believe ultimate healing is when I get to be face to face with Jesus. Yeah. And so I'm asking people, hey, let's 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 pray for me to be healed here, because I look, I'm only 44. I, I feel like I have a lot of life left. And I, I, there's a lot of people that still need to hear the gospel. And I'm willing to go and tell people about Jesus. And uh, it's given me, you know, I thought I had. Um, unction, excitement to go and uh, tell people about Jesus. But there's definitely, there's not as much of restriction now because it's like, Hey, what are they going to say to me? And people, they have a little pity sometimes because I have cancer and listen, I'll use it all I can. If it, if it enables me to go tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah, ma'am. Well, I know that what you have, uh, what you have walked through, you have been, um, you have been pointing people to Jesus and you've been pointing your family and all of us uh, 
to Jesus all along the way. And so, man, I, I would love us to, to wrap up um, this conversation just with you kind of telling people what's ahead. So we're, you're halfway through the chemotherapy and what's, what's up next for you as people continue to pray and as people continue to, uh, to know more about your story. Also, if you want to give people um, your social media uh, so that they can, they can connect with you directly. It's just Jay Barbier, uh, J-A-Y-B-A-R-B-I-E-R. And so I'm a Cajun. So my name doesn't sound like it looks, Uh, (laughs) but whether it's on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, man, follow my journey. I would love for you to to see that because maybe uh, it can open a door for somebody to talk to somebody or help somebody. I've tried to be very, very open about this journey. Um, And it's, man, it's a journey with Jesus. So, uh, every one of us, man, there's, there's some trials. It's also opened my eyes that the day I was diagnosed, I, I, we went to Sonic to grab a drink. And I kept thinking this waitress that came to my car, she has no idea that I just was told I have a life sentence. Mm. Um, and that's the way I felt. And, I, and it made me think, I don't know what this girl just went through in her life. I don't know if there's been abuse. I don't know if there's been heartache and it's opened my eyes to everybody I see. Um, you know, I used to be the person that if I saw somebody with a mask on their face in a car, I'm like, oh, man, what is this person doing? And it was until that day I had to wear a mask when my daughter got in my car, started coughing. And I was already going through chemo. And I'm like, I I, I'm, I have immune compromised uh, myself mm-hmm. right now. And so I have to be very careful. And I was like, man, how many people have I looked at and looked down on? It's really opened my eyes. But uh, the, the biggest thing I've learned throughout this process is, man, just love Jesus. And as you love Jesus, love others. And, yeah. um, and that's the, it's the, the easiest way to live life. Honestly. Oh um, yeah. It's, it's not, I say it's easy. It's not easy to do it, but it's, I, I believe it's the easiest thing to, this is what God has called us to do. Um, and so uh, my journey for the next two to three months will be continuing chemotherapy after chemotherapy, uh, my doctor said I'll probably go about six to eight weeks and the, the, the medicines, the radiation will continue to still kill the cancer cells. And then it looks like I will have two major surgeries to remove uh, uh, a pretty large section of my intestines and all the lymph nodes around that area. And so I'm praying that, that by, there's a miracle that they, they, they that wouldn't happen. To, they wouldn't have to do that. But I do know that once cancer is there, they remove it because they don't want the chance of it coming back. And so I know that surgery's uh, coming up and that's going to be even harder than the the chemotherapy and the radiation. And so I know the journey is going to continue to get harder, Uh, but I have hope that, man, Jesus is who numbers my days, not my doctors, not cancer, not anything else. It's Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Well, man, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for the ongoing uh, spotlight that you're putting on Jesus. Thankful for all that you do to serve and support youth pastors in Tennessee. And man, we are, uh, believe me, we're joining you, uh, in praying that God would heal you this side of heaven, that you would get to experience that. Thanks for listening today. I know that hearing from Jay and knowing a little bit of his story has been an encouragement to you, has given you some some tools as you pastor people that are walking through a crisis situation in your own church that you would remember uh, some of the things that Jay talked about today. And if you want to connect with Jay on social media, it is Jay, B-A-R-B-I-E-R. 
on social media. So, all right. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time.